When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. This is going to be a fun one, folks. Want to let you know, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, consider hitting that subscribe button as we have many more debates to come. So, for example, this coming Wednesday, very excited for a good old Flat Earth versus Globe Earth debate and many more as well. So... With that, want to let you know, no matter what walk of life you're from, Christian, atheist, flat earth, globe earth, you name it, we hope you feel welcome and we're glad you're here. So with that, want to let you know, for tonight's debate, we're going to have a fairly flexible format. In particular, it'll be about 10 minutes for an opening from each side, followed by 50 to 60 minutes of open dialogue, and after that, about 30 minutes of Q&A. If you happen to have a question, feel free to fire it into the old live chat. If you tag me with at Modern Day Debate, it makes it easier for me to get every single question in that list for the Q&A. And then Super Chat is also an option, in which case you can make a comment toward one of the speakers as well during the question and answer, to which, of course, we get a chance to respond to. We ask that you be your regular friendly selves, and with that... Want to let you know who our guests are if you have not heard of him. I was telling Neff before we started. I said it's, it's funny that the legacy Nephilim Free has in the YouTube debate world because sometimes we have these like big YouTubers who come on and in passing I, I say we got this debate coming up on you know whatever day with Nephilim Free and they're like Nephilim Free is he still around? And you're like yep he is he's still at it. So. He is pictured on your left, and also the stunning creature in the thumbnail for tonight's debate. So, want to let you know, both of the speakers' links are in the description, and want to say welcome, Nephilim Free. What can people expect to find at your link? Well, more of the same. Uh, I, Christian apologetics, creation apologetics. This is what I do. I've been doing it for 12 years or, or so. It's what it's my hobby, and I, I I love to study these subjects and uh, share information. And so, God willing, I'll do it as long as uh, the Lord is uh, inspiring me to do it. Gotcha. And we are very excited to have you here, Neff. We're also excited to have you here, Leophilius. Once again, glad to have you. Thanks so much for joining us. It's a true pleasure. We really enjoyed it last time, and so this is a real treat for us to have you back. What can people expect to find at your link? Well, I uh, just recently started my YouTube channel. I don't have any content out as of yet. I just recently got service on my phone, so I should be verifying my channel hopefully next week. Um, by the end of October, I will have the first videos that I plan on uploading an introduction to my channel. I'm going to do a, a video on the, my journey to atheism and to naturalism. Um, so I do a lot of science education, science communication. My main focus is astrophysics, cosmology, and quantum mechanics with a little bit of politics and agri-science. Um, so that's what you can expect to find at my links, my YouTube. On Twitter, you, I just post whatever I want. Don't follow me on Twitter if you don't admire Amelia Clark. You got it. Thanks so much. And with that, want to let you know a final housekeeping thing I forgot to mention up front, folks. If you have not heard, if you have been living in a cave on Mars with your fingers and your ears, 
Modern Day Debate has invaded the podcast world. So that means all of your favorite podcast folks, I love Podcast Addict. All of them out there, we should be on there already. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app, let us know. We'll work hard to get on there for you so that you can listen to debates there as well. So with that, for tonight, Nephilim Free is going to get the ball rolling. And I want to say, given that uh, if you're out there, I want to I want to give a shout out because I, I really do, and I'm actually being serious for like once in my life. Uh, Tioga, I was so hard, I was so just unfair to Tioga last night. There was other, you know, things and, and stuff in terms of what happened, but I just want to say we appreciate you, Tioga, so much. We appreciate everybody, and that includes uh, the uh, the other people that I was had a little bit of. You know, we're we're you could say we're. We're norming and storming, as they say in organizational speak. We're basically, we're asking the moderators, we appreciate you so much for all you do, and we're asking the moderators to be, uh, let's see, so there was a discussion yesterday over moderators and all that good stuff, which is mildly heated, and I, I have to admit that I was, I was too hard on Tioga. Perhaps I was too hard on others. I'm not convinced I was for those other cases, but I will say I for sure was too hard on Tioga, We'll continue to talk about that, but it is a reminder of to our moderators. We do want to ask that moderators, and also those speaking to the moderators, that you would be friendly toward each other. It's one thing to attack ideas. It's another thing to attack people, and that goes for everybody. So want to let you know, folks, we are really shooting for a community here, and we've always been pretty easygoing in terms of letting people say, almost anything they want but we are asking you to work with us we give you that freedom and we hope that you in return will use it in a way that is productive and friendly so with that we are going to jump into nephilim freeze opening the floor is all yours nephilim okay i'm attempting to screen share see if you can uh, allow that please absolutely they can see it completely okay yeah uh Hmm, okay, I'm looking at the watch page, and it's That's not a good-looking fellow in the top right there. Who's that uh, guy? All right. Let's see. It's not showing up in the watch page. Uh, okay, now it says double-click to enter. Well, there we go. Okay, doke. Here we go. Okay, so people who believe evolution believe it's true because they believe the following 19th century myths, which have been disproved by 20th century science. That matter organizes itself into considerable levels of complexity by chemical determination, which contradicts the laws of physics and observed chemistry. That genetic mutations incrementally build new structural designs or modifying extant designs with new biomechanical functions. This contradicts 90 years of genetic experimentation. Or that similarities in the structural designs of various kinds of life is evidence that they are related by common ancestry, which ignores countless incongruencies. Creationists don't have these problems. Only evolutionists have them. When presented with the evidence that these myths are false and that the evidence of creation is true, anyone who investigates afterward the validity of the evidence will become convinced that evolution is false and creation is true. After investigation has verified this to them, anyone who denies that creation is true or continues to argue that evolution is true is a denialist of science because they have a paradigm that they're unwilling to give up because the alternative is unacceptable to them. These are simply facts. One million studies or more have been conducted in genetic mutation 
It's been dem demonstrated consistently for 90 years. The mutation is no such thing as a mechanism for evolution. That's a 19th century, uh, early 20th century myth. Mutations do not build structural designs in living things. If they do not, evolution cannot be true because mutation and natural selection can't have built all the functional structural designs of all the various living things in the world. In 90 years of experimentation in genetics has disproved the myth that mutation is a designer of structural design. Um, for example, as far back as 1983 and long before, Scientists have stated, it is striking that, but not much mentioned fact, though geneticists have been breeding fruit flies for 60 years or more in labs around the world. Now this was published in 1983. 60 years in labs around the world. Flies which produce new generations every 11, 11 days, they have yet to see the emergence of a new species or even a new enzyme. So even by 1983, 60 years of mutation experimentation have been performed and the mutations are consistent, the evidence is clear, they don't design anything, they destroy. Lynn Margillis, the famous evolutionist author, said, I have seen no evidence whatsoever that these evolutionary changes through the accumulation of gradual mutations. Uh, Jonathan Wells, multiple PhDs, California Berkeley University, says, but there is no evidence that DNA mutations can provide the sort of vari variation needed for evolution. There is no evidence that for beneficial mutations at the level of macroevolution. But there is no evidence for the level of common uh, regarded as uh, micro, but there is evidence for microevolution. And also Theodorus Dobhansky, the famous geneticist, said, most mutants uh, which arise in any organism are less uh, are more or less disadvantageous to their processors, possessors. The classic mutants are attained uh, by mutating uh, flies, he says, they break down organs, they cause the disappearance of them. Mutants uh, have uh, changes in pigments, uh, you know, legs where eyes are supposed to be, and some are uh, fatal. And so this is all we observe when it comes to mutation. It, it is simply true. Verified by 90 years of experimentation, mutation is not a mechanism for evolution as evolutionists claim. Therefore, evolution is false. It's been known for a long time. It's been known for 90 years, but evolutionists are in denial of 90 years of scientific evidence. Genetic information is overlapping and nested. It's highly compressed. A single string of information in the DNA could code for numerous different proteins. Sequences are trapped within each other and they overlap each other. The information is highly compressed. Base pairs share the same, uh, different sequences of information share the same base pairs. So what happens when you insert, have an insertion mutation, you break the DNA to stick in a new gene and guess what happens? You just damage several genes. That's what insertion mutations do. Here's a reference that deletion and mutation, insertion, duplication, genetic mutations are one of the single greatest causes of disorders. They're not a mechanism for designing anything. The fossil record doesn't give us any evidence of evolution. It's discredits it. Stephen Jay Gould, the famous paleontologist stated, everybody knows the fossil record doesn't show much for gradualism. It's full of gaps and discontinuities. Most species don't change. They may get a little bigger or bumpier. They remain the same species. The remarkable stasis has generally been ignored. 
If it doesn't agree with your ideas, you don't talk about it. The fossil record does not show gradual change and every paleontologist has known it since Cuvier. David B. Kitts, professor of geology, University of Oklahoma. Despite the bright promise that paleontology provides a means of seeing evolution, it has presented some nasty difficulties for evolutionists, the most notorious of which is presence of gaps in the fossil record. Evolution requires intermediate forms between species and paleontology does not provide them. Does not provide them. David Kitts is an evolutionist, by the way. He's just being honest. Stephen Jay Gould also said, and so have numerous, numerous other scientists made statements exactly like this. Stasis or non-change in the fossil uh, of species during their lengthy geological spans was tacitly acknowledged by paleontologists, but most almost never studied explicitly because prevailing theory treated stasis as uninteresting non-evidence for non-evolution. The overwhelming prevalence of stasis became an embarrassing feature of the fossil record left to be ignored as a manifestation of nothing that is non-evolution. So neither is genetic mutation a mechanism for evolution. We don't even have physical evidence that it took place in the earth. Niles Eldridge made the same statement. No wonder paleontologists shied away from evolution for so long. It seems to never have happened. Assiduous collections of rock cliffs that yield zigzags, minor oscillations, and very slight accumulation of change over millions of years at a rate too slow to really account for all the uh, prodigious change that has occurred in evolutionary history. We do not see the introduction of evolutionary novelty. It usually shows up with a bang and often with, no, with firm evidence that the organism did not evolve elsewhere. Evolution cannot forever be going on elsewhere. Okay. So the scientists are in, uh, are agree in agreement. The fossils don't show evolutionary change. Now, so what about these ideas of phylogenetics, the go-to sto story of evolutionists? That genetic similarities between creatures is proof of common design. But what you never hear about are the countless incongruencies that ruin that idea for evolutionists. It's a fancy story, but it's just not true. This science paper discusses the difference in digits between dinosaurs, which from which birds allegedly evolved, and birds themselves provides a nasty genetic conundrum for evolution theory. This paper describes teleost fish and says that their genetic incongruencies between the phylogenetics of different species of fish is a problem for evolution. This paper says incongruencies across different data sets is not a novel observation within phylogenetic analysis. Not surprisingly, we found incongruencies between the phylogenetic signals of the genes and morphological characters, and this is across the board for all life kinds. So when evolutionists tell you that genetic similarities between one kind of living thing and another is verification that they're related, they're not telling you the whole story. There is similarities in between all the kinds of life as necessary because they live in similar environments. But the incongruencies are numerous and countless and they don't talk about them because they kill the idea of phylogenetics. Here's another. Little confidence can be placed in phylogenies generated solely from higher primate uh, 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 craniodental evidence. So even for mankind, it's the same. Uh, another one provides problems for evolution and in, uh, incongruencies with the idea of phylogenetics. I could list dozens and dozens of these. I'm just showing you some of the better ones. Understanding phylogenetic incongruence, lessons from phylostomid bats. Another one, 
every kind of living thing they discover, they study genetically, they find problems for the idea of phylogenetics. The idea that the genetic similarities found in one kind of life is evidence that they're related to another kind of life, that one type of organism is related to another through some evolutionary history. The more they study the, with genetics, which is increasing, ever increasing, the more incongruencies with that idea are discovered. So the story is crumbling. It was a fun story in the 1980s that genetic similarities between different kinds of life is evidence that they're common, have common ancestry. But that idea has been shot to pieces by modern genetics, which endlessly finds incongruencies with this idea, which evolutionists are either ignorant of or don't talk about. Now, here's another one. Mitochondrial DNA markers, another problem for evolutionists, phylogenetics. Here's another. Genes to different species, orphan genes, they're found everywhere in different things. These are genes that can't be found in one kind of life that are related, allegedly, to another kind. You study the one, you find these genes, you study the other creature it's supposedly closely related to, and it doesn't have them. But it ought to. Here's another one. 80% of proteins between humans and chimpanzees are different by at least one amino acid, often several. The idea of protein evolution is impossible. Here's another one. Staple, this one's really funny. I laugh at this. Staples of the middle ear. The creatures going upwards with red arrow are allegedly ancestors of one to the other. At the bottom, you have the oldest creature, the one above it, then above it, then above it. Each one of these is allegedly a transitional form to the next one. Now look at the stapes in the ear. They have, they have these uh, parts, these limbs that come off them. They're called cura. Okay. And some have one in one kind of life and some in another. And we're allegedly going from the bottom creature that evolved through steps to the one at the top. Let's look at this incongruency. The one at the bottom has dual, dual cura in the stapes of the ear. The next one has only one. The next one has two again. The next one has two. The next one going up, just one. The next one going up, just one. And the next one has two again. You see, what sense does it make to believe that these creatures show an evolutionary transition from one to the other going upward through the geologic column, and yet the stapes in the ears bounce around from two, two cura to one, two to one, two to one, two to one? Is there any common sense to this? Of course not. It demonstrates different designs. If evolution were true, then we'd see a transition from one state to two, and that's all you'd see not from two to one to two to one. This demonstrates these creatures were not related. They're separately designed. This kills evolution theory. Changes to allele frequency in populations which results in genetic drift is another alleged mechanism for evolution. I have sources if you doubt what I've got on the screen here, but this is a, these are simply observed facts established by science. Changing allele frequencies in populations creates increased heterozygosity, commonality in a population of some alleles while reducing heterozygosity of others over time. Instead of introducing new features, it causes existing traits to be either become lost or increasingly common, which is not a mechanism for evolutionary change because there's no new information created. An organism either gets more like itself or it loses things, but it doesn't move towards becoming something else. Changing allele frequencies in populations is not a mechanism for evolutionary change. Changing allele frequencies continuously results in certain genes becoming recessive, 
and no longer expressed in a given population, which constitutes a loss of genetic information. That's the opposite of evolution. Evolution requires a continuous input of new genetic information because the fish can't have had all the genetic information for the stinger in the tail of a scorpion, the, sp the, the spines of, the, of, a, of, a, of a, a porcupine, and the eyeball of a human being, etc. That information couldn't have all been in the fish's genome. You got to get new genetic information to produce all these thousands and thousands of anatomical features in all these living things if evolution is true. But changes to allele frequency just get genes turned off. That's a loss of genetic information. Everything in the world is becoming more itself or going extinct because of this process. So changes to allele frequency is not a mechanism for evolution. It's a mechanism for genomic entropy which causes a loss of geno genetic uh, hydrozygosity for healthy alleles while making mutant alleles more common in large populations, thereby causing disease promoting genes to become increasingly common in that population. That's not a mechanism for evolution either. That that's a mechanism for extinction over time. See, now if you doubt what I have on the screen here, I'd be happy to show you sources from secular mainstream science sources that what I've said about these changes to allele frequency is not some creationist invented junk. This is from their camp. This is published by them. They acknowledge changes to allele frequency causes increased heterozygosity for members of a population or losing features for others and results in genes being permanently turned off to a population. That's how you get a chihuahua from a, from a dog by turning off genes, turn off the genes that make it big so it's small, turn off the genes that give it a long tail so it has a short one, turn off the genes that make lots of hair so it has very little, turn off the genes that make a long muzzle so it has a short one. That's how you get a chihuahua, by turning genes off. And now that's what's happening in all living things in this world slowly, is that genes are being turned off and organisms are becoming more like themselves. They're not gaining structural designs, which evolution requires. They're simply gain, having the same, or they're losing features, but they aren't gaining anything. So what's the conclusion? Changes to allele frequencies in populations is not a mechanism for evolution either. It causes a loss of genetic information. That's the opposite of evolution. So there are, in conclusion, there are no mechanisms for evolution. The, the alleged mechanisms of evolution, random genetic mutation acted upon by natural selection has been proven for 90 years to be no such thing. It's a mechanism for extinction. It causes deformities, weakness, death, and stillbirth. That's all it does. It doesn't design anything. There's zero scientific evidence for that. It would have to be the designer of all the fantastical structures in all the living things of the world if it were true. Thank you. Uh, so the fossil record doesn't show us any evidence that evolution ever happened. Dozens and dozens of the world's most prominent scientists, some of them paleontologists and geneticists, have written in their own books. The fossil record does not show the clear evidence of evolutionary transition. You have to imagine it with your mind. Now, uh, about that, uh, the, that's exactly what to expect if there was a flood or if creation is true, that creatures don't change. So that's not a mechanism. Changes to allele frequencies in populations, not a mechanism of evolution. Genetic similarities has been destroyed by countless incongruencies and in genetics between one kind of life and another.
all, I haven't even talked about the evidence for creation, which was empirical and overwhelming. Maybe I'll do that when we have our talk. The scientific evidence is simply clear. Evolution is a scientifically invalid idea, and creation is confirmed by modern science. We don't need 19th century myths anymore. And time. Thank you very much, Nephilim Free. I'm going to pop us out of the screen share and want to say thanks so much. Appreciate that. We are going to kick it over to Leo Ophelius for his opening statement. Thanks so much, Leo. The floor is all yours. Thank you very much, James. And thanks again for having me here tonight. And thank you, uh, Nephilim, for that introduction for lack of a better word. Um, so I am debating somebody who is a creationist, but more importantly, they are a young Earth creationist. So in my introductory statement, I would first like to demonstrate that the age of the Earth is not somewhere between 6,000 to 10,000 years old. Radiometric dating is the first thing that we can go to that shows this. And we can't just radiometric date stuff on the Earth. We can do it on the Moon as well. And the dates of the things that we radiometrically date on the Moon corroborate the ages that we get on the Earth. There's also another problem. We know that particular radioactive isotopes will decay at a particular rate. So we can measure how much of the parent isotope there is and how much of the daughter isotopes there are. In order for there to be the amount of daughter isotopes to parent isotopes that we see today, given the six to 10,000 year frame, the amount of energy that would be released by this would mean that the average surface temperature of the Earth would... I promise I'll give you the time back, I promise. It's just that it's, uh, there's a little bit of popping on your mic where I think that it might just be that it's maybe uh, just right in front of your airway, something like that. All right. Thanks so much. Is, is, is this a little better? Uh, it is better because it's not popping, but it's maybe a little bit low on sound. Okay. I'll just, I'll just try to speak a little That's bit That's pretty clearer. good right there. Um, Alrighty. So given the amount of daughter elements that we see, daughter isotopes that we see, two-parent isotopes, in the time frame set out by young Earth creationists, the amount of energy released from all this radioactive decay in such a small frame of time, the average surface, surface temperature, excuse me, of the Earth would be about 70,000 degrees. That's 70,000 degrees Celsius. I don't know about you, but it's only about 55 degrees outside here in central Iowa. So that, that seems to be a huge problem for particularly the young Earth model. Ruins of human structures also directly show that the Earth and modern humans are significantly older than what young Earth creationists argue. The stone wall, which is at Theopatra in Thessaly, Greece, is dated to, I believe, 21,000 BCE. That's about 15,000 years prior to the supposed creation of the entire planet on the young Earth creationist model. Gobekli Tepe in the Anatolia region of Turkey is dated to about 9,000 BCE, or roughly 3,000 years prior to the supposed creation of the entire planet on the young Earth model. We also have trees and rocks that we know are significantly older than six to 10,000 years. As for evolutionary theory being correct, one of the biggest things, one of the main principles of evolutionary theory is morphologic change through geologic time. And this is observed through the fossil record, despite what you may hear. This is thoroughly corroborated by the genetic record and the geologic record, and is thoroughly reported on in the academic literature and is accepted by every single relevant academic field. All of biology operates from this standpoint. This is something that must be dispelled in order for creationism to be true. And it's been verified beyond any 
reasonable doubt. Geologic columns, the duh geologic column also demonstrates evolution by showing us clear boundaries between strata. Certain animal forms only appear in certain strata. And the further back we go, or the further down we go, the simpler we can see life forms getting. We can also date not only the strata that we find these life forms in, we can also date the life forms and the dates corroborate with each other. We also, contrary to popular creationist belief, do not see a mixing. We've never observed a mixing like they have claimed as a result of the flood. This demonstrates an evolutionary process in life forms through time, again corroborating morphologic change through geologic time, another core tenet of evolutionary theory that has been thoroughly demonstrated. Molecular clocks also aid geneticists in calculating divergence times and speciation times for organisms, i.e. when they evolve into genetically or morphologically different forms, which is something that we would only expect to observe if evolutionary theory were accurate and explanative. Lo and behold, this is something that we observe. There's a gene called the GULO gene, which is a gene that I believe produces an amino, I think it produces an enzyme that produces vitamin C. This is a broken gene and it exists in the same exact spot in almost all primate genomes. If creationism were true, this breakage must occur by chance in the spot in almost all primate genomes, which is so statistically unlikely that it can't even be considered a viable explanation, a problem for creationists. Under evolution, this is an inherited trait given a simplistic explanation, giving a simplistic explanation for why it is observed in the same spot in almost all primate genomes. Because this gene is broken, these primates, these primates cannot synthesize their own vitamin C, which is why we have to eat fruit. This is also why if you know anything about pirates, they would all think of a disease referred to as scurvy from not eating enough fruit while they were at sea because fruit just did not keep as well as salted and smoked meats and breads. Now I'd like to move, for, move into some questions from my opponent that I would state seem to work against his worldview. First off, why do we observe in the genome of organisms multiple genes whose proteins share the same function? seems rather redundant if there is a creator behind everything. However, evolutionary theory tells us that as organisms develop, and you see the development of organs and the specialization of function, you begin to require proteins that can share a function in different parts of the body. This is done to accommodate organismal complexity or requiring the same function within different environments within the body that certain proteins may not survive in, which is why we need different proteins that have the same functions. Next question, what about creationism specifically would predict the structuring and order of the geological column? Why does it appear to show very concise stratification? What predicts the chemical composition of the different strata formed under different conditions and in specific environments? Over time, organisms can cause the environment to change, which can cause minute changes to the strata, and we can observe these changes. Stratification, which is an observed geological process, can also explain this and does away with the notion of a 6,000-year-old Earth, making it hard for creationism, especially young Earth creationism, to answer this question. My third question. Within the geologic column, we see the markers, or the chemical signatures, of five mass extinctions, each of which are incompatible with a global flood which is a point that is often made by creationists young and old Earth. For instance, most areas on the planet are very, very, very poor in an element known as iridium. 
However, we know that many asteroids are often rich in iridium, especially in our solar system. It's quite coincidental that we find a band of iridium which separates the remains of the dinosaurs from post-Cretaceous fauna. This indicates a collision of an iridium-rich asteroid with the planet Earth. How does a global flood creationist model account for this? My next question, why is the geologic column in the strata organized based on taxonomy and not on hydrologic sorting or ecological sorting as creationists often claim, as predicted by a global flood as well? Why does it comport with evolutionary theory? This taxonomic sorting demonstrates that evolutionary theory seems to go figure, line up with our observations. Finally, whether a creationist accepts speciation or not, how does the creationist model identify the original kind or the original creature within each kind as the one that was specifically created by God? How far back can we go before we reach the termination point where we say we, that you're not going to find any life forms prior to this because these are all of the ones originally created by God? According to both the fossil record and the genomic record, we can go back to the earliest forms of life about 4 billion years ago demonstrating that there is no moment of creation of life forms or kinds as we see them today, again, corroborating evolutionary theory. So what we see is that creationism is just not at all compatible with the data that we have collected and the observations that we make. And we see that evolutionary theory does comport with the observations we make and the data that we've collected. As well, we observe that evolutionary theory is thoroughly comported by other fields, directly related or not, such as genomics, and geology. Corroboration tends to make a model significantly stronger and provides significantly better explanatory power to it. This corroborates evolutionary theory. It demonstrates that it is an accurate and explanative model that is capable of actively describing the observations that we make, why we make these observations. Corroboration, as I said, lends credence to an explanatory model. We don't find anything that corroborates a creationist model, which brings me into my second point, that creationism is not even a model. It's not a hypothetical model, and it's not a theoretical model either. It doesn't really explain anything. This is mainly because it has no mechanism of operation. They can't tell us how God creates life or why he would want to do so in the first place. Nor does creationism make any novel testable predictions that we can later confirm in the laboratory. Models must be capable of explaining observations made or data collected by providing a mechanism for how those observations occur or why such data is being collected. Creationism does not do that. It is an assertion that God did it, but it provides no mechanism for how God produces biodiversity, nor does it make any novel testable predictions that can be later confirmed via laboratory experiments. Assertions are not models. Assertions don't explain things. And creationism is a baseless assertion that is not corroborated by the data that we have. My third point is that creationism has already failed to uphold itself as a science. Obviously, this can be demonstrated by the scientific literature and the academic consensus in the relevant fields. But there are also two court trials that were done, the first one being McLean versus Arkansas Board of Education. And a federal judge ruled in this in this, um, in this case, that creation science does not qualify as a scientific theory, mainly for the reasons that I've already outlined. And it struck down an Arkansas law requiring equal time for creation science and evolution. 
in Edwards versus Aguilard, the Supreme Court ruled, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled, I believe of the United States, ruled that a law requiring that creation science be taught with evolution was unconstitutional because the law was specifically intended to advance a particular religion. Creationism and intelligent design are not scientific theories. They are not scientific models. They are strictly religious views. And this was ruled by District Judge John E. Jones III in the Kitzmiller versus Dover trial, which is another trial. Also in this trial, expert witness Dr. Kenneth Miller, who is a professor of biology at Brown University, testified, quote, intelligent design is not a testable theory, and as such, is not generally accepted by the scientific community, end quote. My final words are this. We can see plainly that, this, that not only does none of the data that we have collected thus far or the observations that we've made thus far comport with the creationist, especially a young earth creationist assertion, but that the creationist model, young earth or old earth, isn't a model, either hypothetical or theoretical. It is a baseless assertion with no mechanism of, oper of operation and which makes no novel testable predictions, which could be confirmed in laboratory experiments. We also see, see that in actual courts of law, in at least two or three separate cases, in fact, creationism cleverly rewrote to intelligent design or creation science was deemed to be entirely unscientific and was not but a religious worldview and thereby should not and is not to be taught in schools. This demonstrates the shortcomings of this assertion because it's, a, it's an assertion, not a model, demonstrating further its inability to provide corroborative, explanative models for the observations we make and the data we collect. It seems quite clear that creationism, young earth or old earth, does not comport with anything. It does not explain our observations. It does not provide explanative mechanisms for why we make these observations. It does not make novel testable predictions that we can confirm. And it doesn't even hold up in a court of law. For this reason, it should be swiftly rejected as an explanation for anything because it holds none of the marks of a rigorously tested and repeatedly confirmed explanation of the data. In short, evolutionary theory thoroughly explains what we observe it comports with reality, which is why it is a theoretical framework. And creationism merely blindly asserts, no, God did it. And I yield the remainder of my time to the moderator. Thanks so much, Leo. We will jump into the open discussion. One thing I want to mention as a side note, folks, is that I did, somebody asked me to look at the ban list of which people who are hidden, there were, there's a lot of people in there of which a lot of people deserve to be in there. We've had some like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Unappealing characters sometimes come by, but there were also a lot of people in there that I was like, I don't know if that person would be, I don't know what, I, I've never seen them do anything that would make me think that they would somehow be banned at some point. So want to remind moderators, please help us out by not going rogue. Uh, try to, if it's a gray area and they're targeting somebody, give them a warning. I mean, if it's clearly targeting somebody, uh, I'd say maybe even still give them a warning. But if it would be the designers of fantastic structural designs and living things in increments, we don't see that. And it would yes, also be the product. It would be the producer of genetic information. So your statement is bogus because no, none of not. the things that you say or qualify as, as uh, uh, you know, matching reality don't match reality for evolution. Yes, they do. Um, you, you mentioned, I want to point this out. You mentioned these courts that ruled evolution is not scientific and therefore it can't be taught. That's 
that's not what they did. You misrepresented the information. No, I can give they, you the sources. They, from, let me let me finish. Uh, yeah, but you no, you've, you've what, been no, a what they, no, no, what they what they did was some of the things that you've already said. Okay. Um, th what they ruled was that the creationism, uh, the intelligent design is a religious idea and basis, and that's why. Not because it wasn't. Yeah, they also the said that it, it can't be scientifically tested so and it isn't that, rigorous either. That's not why you misrepresented this. No, that is why. Would you like me to read directly from uh, uh, cornell.edu on what they said? They said it was religious, and that's why. They yeah, and that it's not scientific. No, and I don't care about the and. They said it was not reli it was religious. And that it's not scientific. That is why. Okay, so and that it's not scientific. They're, they're literally saying this isn't. No, science. that's what the, the the argument was was from the from the the, 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 the attorneys, the, the evolution. No, that that's, that's not what, scientific. That's what they said. But the court ruled that it was religious in nature, and that's why it's. And that it's not scientific. That's not what the court said. Yes, yes, it is. No, I'm sorry. Yes, it you is. misrepresented. The we, you obviously haven't looked at it because I literally read. It, this it doesn't matter what courts say. you and they literally said it's not Court, scientific. Courts don't determine what scientific truth or not either. Anyway. No, what I what I pointed yeah. that out was to demonstrate that this has already been brought to courts of law, and they brought in professional scientists, and literally all of them said this isn't scientific. That's yeah, why it's not taught. It, well, but I'm courts, not going to beat this point. You were getting that we haven't found transitional fossils. So, like in humans, we haven't found australopithecines. Uh, Australopithecines are extinct apes. How is that? Supported? Yeah, and humans are also apes. They're transitions from the earliest well, you're, you're grade apes to humans. You're, you're welcome to believe that. We don't have. I that. don't believe it. We can demonstrate it with data, and we already have. We don't have any transitions. Yes, we do. Yes, sure. we do. Australopithecines are transitions. There's no, also apes. transitions you can all find in whales. Well, humans are also apes. So what? No. What's your point? No, all their features are strictly ape and, and very different from human. They're not human. They're ape. Actually, they have many, many human features. And no, humans all, are all apes, their bones. So you're, not, you're not making a point here. Let me let me name some of them for you. They have curved finger bones. They do not have locking knee joints. They have locking wrists. That's for knuckle walking. They don't have a chin. They have a, a, a pronounced uh, a brow ridge. They have, they have a different number of caudal and sacral rib uh, vertebrae. They have different number of ribs, different number of skull bones. They have a baculum. Humans don't have a baculum. That's a bone in the penis. They they have all these features and they're all distinctly ape. Humans yeah, because they're transitions. We don't have those because well, we are not we're not australopithecines. I, I know. I know you believe that. The earliest grade, but, but it's not a belief. We can demonstrate uh, it. Right all you, I, know, I know you believe that, but all I'm pointing also, out. Also, you're, you're saying that we haven't well, found. Let me, let, we're not, let's, not, let's not talk over each other constantly. Let's, let's not talk over each other. Why don't we do this? Because it's super intense right off the bat. Let's switch into, at least temporarily, a three-minute back-and-forth interval. So three minutes for, let's see, we'll go over to Leophilius now, and then three minutes for Neff, and we'll just keep alternating like that. I think it'll have to be that way. You got it. So we, I mean, we can find transitional fossils also in whales, I believe. Pachycetus is one. Hi, well, how is hi, higher oh, God, how, how do you pronounce that? Hierasotherium, I think. So we can look in almost every species and find tran transitions. Every species is a transitional species because we can figure out what it evolved out of and things that evolved out of it. So you're, you're just explicitly wrong. I mean, just straightforwardly. I don't need three minutes. You're just wrong. That's why you're saying, well, you could believe that because you don't have a response because you're wrong. All right. It sounds like you're good for your three okay. minutes. Are you ready to kick it over? Go ahead. Okay, next. sure. Pachycetus from the land-dwelling creature. It's not transitional. We don't have any transitional forms in the fossil record. Yes, Numerous scientists have stated so. Uh, in fact, all the prominent Who? ones Which in scientists? the world have written. Uh, One second. You have to. Me. 
So uh, countless ones. I, I gave a list of only three. I could list 30. Uh, so uh, they've acknowledged the fossil record doesn't show it. Um, in, as far as whale evolution, what we have is we have creatures with half rear legs, and then we have whales which have none. And so we go from a creature that's, uh, you know, weighs uh, uh, 100 pounds to a creature that weighs maybe 1,500 pounds to one that weighs 10,000 pounds, and it doesn't show transition. Okay, that's roughly the same amount of time that Leo used, so we'll just kind of keep it back and forth at, let's do 35 I'd, seconds. I, I don't think that you understand what a transition is. We wouldn't expect them to have the same features. That, that's kind of the point of a transition. I, I need to correct myself. Herasotherium, either that or Heracotherium, I would assume it's Herasotherium, I believe is actually a, a horse transition. So is Orohippus, or, or I believe, is another one. And there's one more, Mesohippus. So, yeah, we, we have definitely found transitional fossils. You don't have to believe that, but we have. They don't have the same features because they're transitions. No, we, we, we don't have the transitions. All we have is You're just creatures that, well, it's my turn to talk. What we have is creatures that have rear legs, and then we have whales which have none. That's all. That doesn't show a loss of genetic uh, of, of bones. That's not a progression. That's a leap immediately from creatures that have legs to creatures which have none. That's what the fossil record shows. That doesn't show evolutionary transition. That's a transition. Now, if, yeah. if, well, in your imagination, doesn't nope. show in, it. In the data, it is. This is why it. the scientists acknowledge they don't see transition in the fossil record. What scientists? Because I named three. So I could name 30. We're going to switch it over. So go ahead, Leo. I, I just want to know what, what scientists and what papers they published that have overturned the entirety of consensus in every field of biology. Gotcha. All right, we'll give you about a minute and a half, Neff. Okay. Uh, Colin Patterson, Stephen Jay Gould, David B. Kitts, um, uh, Tom Kemp, uh, Niles Eldridge, uh, uh, Bowler, uh, I mentioned Gould. Donald Protheo, Arthur Kessler, uh, David Pilbeam, Professor of Anthropology, Yale University, Stephen Stanley, um, let's see here, uh, uh, Healthman, um, David, uh, Dr. Wolf Eckhart, uh, J.E. O'Rourke, John and Miklos, published 1988, uh, Salvador E. Luria, you want me to keep going? Most That was a minute, so it was Gaylord about a minute. Simpson, I, I could go on and on and on. What are you we'll talking about? We have over. dozens, dozens. So most of those were creationists. You did mention no, color. None color of them pattern. were. None can of them were. Can I finish, oh, please? None can of I them were creationists. You're going to yell at me. We do have to let him finish too now. You're going to overtalk me then. So uh, Colin Patterson did not support creationism, but his work has been cited by creationists with claims that it provides evidence of the absence of transitional forms in the fossil record. In the second edition of Evolution 1999, Patterson stated that his remarks have been taken out of context, quote, because creationists lack scientific research to support such theories as a young earth, a worldwide flood, or separate ancestry for humans and apes. Their common tactic is to attack evolution by hunting out debate or dissent among evolutionary biologists. I learned that one should think carefully about candor and arguments in case one was furnishing creationist campaigners with ammunition in the form of quotable quotes often take about out of context. It's all you're doing. You're quote mining people who don't agree with you. And then citing creation <clears throat> scientists who have already been rebuked by their fields. Okay. So here's my response to that. <clears throat> well, he's upset that his statements have allegedly been taken out of context. I understand. Every evolutionist scientist who's made these admissions in their own books has done that. 
but you you mis you just lied to the general public. I didn't name a single creationist. Yeah. None of those people are creationists. They're all evolutionists. I could list thirty more, and they're all evolutionists. Okay, I so I, I you've misrepresented the facts. They're not creationists. So it is true. Scientists have acknowledged in general the fossil record does not show evolutionary transition. You can't see it in the fossils. Yes, you have you can. to imagine. You have to imagine that the creature with no bones. It evolved from the ones with bones. That's all. See, you have to in, envision it. So, if evolution were true, um, how how is it then, Leo, that we don't have any scientific data that shows, and 90 years of data show the opposite of this, that genetic mutations build structural designs in increments in living things, which would be necessarily true if evolution were true? Why is it that changes to allele frequencies in populations continuously causes gen genes to be turned off and lost? That's a loss of information instead of a gain. No, it's not. Why is that true? It's not. Let me get my nope. sources. Okay, you can talk as long as you want. So you're going to say that that's 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 going to take great pleasure in discrediting. So how much information did we start with, and how much was lost? Okay. Um, genes, any gene that becomes recessive in a population over one one generation to another is a loss of genetic information because how it's much no information longer, did we start with, and how much it's lost? no longer expressed in that population? So because it's not expressed, the gene isn't there. No, it's there. It's okay. Not so then, what anymore. information did you lose? The information that can't be expressed anymore is what's lost. But it's the still species. there. It's just not being expressed. It's lost to the species organi organically because it cannot be expressed. No, but the anymore. gene is still there. If the gene is what holds the information, then the information is still there. It's just it, not it, being expressed. So there a, is no. If a book is present in a room and you can't read it, that information is no use to you. You're making. Yeah, but the information is still there. Leo, <laughs> let's not look. Every time I speak, when I get 90% done with a sentence, you start talking over me. Let's not do that, okay? One sec. My We're going to switch is, back into the three-minute interval. So, or why don't we it, it do needs to stay that way. It needs so, to stay that way because, you know, evolutionists, they get fired up, their worldview is under threat, and they cannot help themselves. Your two minutes is underway, enough. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So... Uh, because the argument, your argument about that is ridiculous. Because uh, if the information is not present and not available for being turned on, that if it's not ever going to be turned on in that species anymore, it's lost to the organism. No, it's not. It's there. It's whether just it's not present being or not. You have to it, another minute and a half. Whether it's present or not is n not the point. It, whether or not it can be expressed is the point. If you take a genome and you continuously turn genes off in it, and the number of pro generations that keep going are a product only of the genes that don't get turned off, the end result is the last one in that chain is an organism produced by a limited amount of information that was in the original genome. That's a loss of information to the organism, whether it's still present in the DNA or not, doesn't matter. It's not going to be expressed anymore. So your argument is rid pretty ridiculous to argue that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be digging for these sources. You said changes to allele frequencies in populations is not a mechanism for loss of genetic information. But I'm going to show you that it is because I, I'm going to take great pleasure in discrediting you on that. I want you to learn about your mistakes. You need to be careful about what you say. So to take your analogy, if you have a book on a table, but you can't read the book, the book is still there and the information is still in the book. You just can't read it. So there, you haven't lost any information. You just can't decode the information. The information is present. You just don't know how to read it. So you, your own example proved you wrong. And I find it laughable. My goodness. 
that that's pretty unbelievable that you actually say that really it's that's bizarre i use your own words so i don't really, know why you're talking it, about what i said i used it, what you said it, it truly is um so uh, if i could share something on the screen real quick uh james please you bet then uh, now I'll, I'll, i want to show uh leo that his statement about changing allele frequencies is not not true okay here here is a couple of sources for that um, from Christian Apologetics bio, 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 Biology Reference, Population Genetics. Okay. Um, uh, Adam, Adam and Eve, uh, uh, please. Let's, uh, I'll give you, one, a, one Nap, give, you a, give you a minute to run through this. Okay. Uh, here's one creationist source, Adam and Eve, uh, one of the world's foremost geneticists, uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford and John Bumgarner and, and others. Okay. Uh, hardly... Uh, Weinberg Law, Encyclopedia Britannica, not creationist. Systematic evaluation of gene variants linked to hearing loss, uh, not creationist. Uh, loss of zebrahygosity, what's it good for? Biomedical genomics, part of Springer Nature, not creationist. Okay, I could provide 90 more sources, so you're wrong. Gen changing allele frequencies in populations causes a loss of information to the species because the genes get turned off. So my question remains, if evolution were scientifically valid, why is it that 90 years of experimentation and mutation have demonstrated consistently that mutations do not design, incrementally design anything in structural design, the biology of living things. Instead, they cause weakness, deformities, death, and stillbirth. All right, ready for you, Leo. Oh, I, I have to, I have to, I was wondering, I was hoping that he would keep that up because half those sources, number one, were creationist no, and number two, the no. other ones didn't, didn't show, like the one from the Encyclopedia Britannica just said that they will become more common or more rare. So I'm just going to steal from a meme here. And... <laughs> so you, you didn't show that that information is being lost. It might not be expressed, but it's not being lost. And by the way, yeah, John Sanford is is a is a crea is a creationist. Yeah, yeah, we we all know that. You you the site that you were pulling from is was called what what was it? Apologetics, Christian apologetics. So, so right there, over a long period of time, the selective pressure will change the frequency of appearance of certain gene forms. Ha! Huh. And the traits they control will become commoner or rarer in the population. End quote. Harvey Weinberg Law Encyclopedia Britannica. The very sources you're citing are showing that you're wrong. So again, from the meme. <laughs> hey, so let me explain the absurdity of your statement and how in incredibly wrong you are and can't see it. My statement? If, These were if, your sources, if, dude. If, if, so it was if, a minute each, so we'll go back to Neff. If features become more prominent or continuously lost, that's not a mechanism for evolution because of this, uh, Leo. You're not, you're not actually thinking about this information. You're in, I'm going to deny it mode as fast as and hard as I can. You're not thinking about this information. What changes to allele frequency do is they make alleles or genes that already exist in the genome of the creature ever more prominent in, in the population, or they remove them ever more so from the population yeah okay okay that's, so that's the alleles so the alleles that get lost over time are lost by being by being coming permanently recessive is lost information to the genome in other words this is why you 
human populations, tribes of mankind, and even families look more and more like each other as they marry and breed because they're sharing their alleles. They don't gain anything. They don't gain nothing. Okay. And genes that are in their genome of that family are getting turned off endlessly. And that's why a population of people on the earth end up with black hair instead of blonde, red, and other mixtures of hair, because the genes for black hair is dominant. And the other colors get faded away. Those genes are not expressed anymore, but only the black hair. That's not a mechanism for evolution. That's a mechanism for making everything look the same and at the same time losing genetic information. So they are losing genetic information, which is the opposite of evolution. They aren't gaining anything. All they're doing is spreading alleles. Some of them are endlessly spread and others are endlessly lost. That's not evolution, Leo. That's a loss of genetic information and making a population look more like itself. That doesn't introduce anything structurally new into living things. You have to have mutations Time. design new information two that minutes. makes a so change. So we'll kick it over to Leophilius for two minutes. Did, didn't you you just said Nephilim that that changes in allele frequencies can cause certain genes to, to be expressed more more commonly or more more rarely? Is there something along those lines? That, that's exactly can, can true. Yes, that's what these all right. State and that, many that, others. that 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 is literally what evolution says. <laughs> literally. Okay. So, <laughs> so let me explain. I'm sorry for you. laughing, but like your own, you're stating the information that shows that you're wrong. Leo, let me explain That's why, why you're let, let me explain why your laughter is silly. Um, changing how frequently existing genetic information is present in a population by spreading those alleles is not a mechanism for change. The information, <laughs> listen carefully to me. The information already exists. For evolution to be true, you need gene, you need random mutations to design new genes that nope. then become spread for new features so that evolution can occur, so that structural design change will occur. Then changes to allele frequency spreading existing genes could be a mechanism for evolution. Then it could be, and only then, by, by spreading existing genetic information that's already in the organism endlessly in its populations, its offspring, is not a mechanism for change. That's a mechanism for the same. You need random mutation to design new genes, which can then be spread by changes to allele frequency in a population for evolutionary change to occur. Sharing the same information amongst a population endlessly won't transform that organism into a fundamentally different kind. And losing information by turning off genes recessively endlessly is a loss. So the result is the genes that make the organism endlessly the same are passed on while at the same time genes are being turned off and the organism is losing information. Now do you see why your laughter is so silly? So, you learn something do, tonight? do you think that evolutionary theory teaches that new genes <laughs> just pop out of nowhere? So where like is the mechanism? Frequency, changes in the frequencies of the alleles. You don't need new alleles. You just need to change them. That's what evolution says. You have admitted as much. You've Great. essentially already conceded your point. So when do the alleles change? Not the frequency of them, the genes themselves. That's what you that's have not, to have. That's, 
that's what you no. have to have to have evolution no. because so you're no. saying okay leo you're saying that if the organism's genome doesn't change but you keep spreading the genes that already exist the organism will transform into a fundamentally different kind of organism that's not what evolutionist scientists believe where do you yes, get this is. is your personal private idea of evolution not the one held to by berkeley university or any other prominent evolution promoter nobody believes what you're saying leo this is in your head well, this you is how care. evolution works according to evolutionists random mutations selected by natural selection become prominent in a population by spreading through gene uh, through allele frequency change without changes exactly. to the right without changes to the genes by mutation to make them transform them into new information that will structurally design change the organism's structural design you don't get any evolutionary change all you get is spreading the same genes that have not changed you have to couple changes to a frequency with random mutations changing genes into new information yeah for evolution that's evolution right so your are your laughter about changing allele frequencies was silly now what's the mechanism no, for genetic information to new arise so that we can have changes to allele frequency that do structurally transition a creature to a new type where is that information what's the evidence for that in the in the changes of the frequencies of the alleles no no as you no. yourself have, already you have to change yeah. the genes no. themselves before no, you, you don't. spread well them. and that's that's okay. what a change in the frequencies of the allele is it no, is no, no, a no, change no, no, to the no. genes <laughs> leo yeah i, I really don't what you're talking about understand the basics of evolution yeah you don't understand leo no, changing let me explain well, I do. yes i do Leo, changing allele frequencies doesn't mean changing the genes themselves. It means changing how frequently. I never. I, I didn't say that. It means talking for a what while. What we should here, do guy. is kick back into that two-minute uh, interval. We're, we're going to have to stay in that mode. All right. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, because you. Why don't are we very do this? We'll go to Neff. You got two minutes, and then we'll go to Leo. So, Leo, I think you have a fundamentally flawed understanding of evolution. You have your own private interpretation of evolution theory. This is how evolution theory works, according to evolutionist scientists. Genetic changes occur caused by random mutations that transform genes so that they produce new information that will change the structural design of an organism over time. Those changed alleles are then spread through the population to cause a population of organisms to become more different than the prior population because mutation has changed its alleles. Spreading the alleles by itself is not a mechanism for evolution. Yes, spreading spreading genes that are turned off is a loss of information and the opposite of evolution. What you have to have is changes to the information that can then be spread into the population by allele change frequencies in order for evolution to be true. And I've asked you, what is the genetic evidence that random mutations design new information that codes for structural design changes in the anatomy of living things? Because if that doesn't happen, evolution is not true. What is the scientific evidence for it, Leo? I've already outlined that. I'm not going to just sit No, you here didn't mention that at all. So, yes, I did. And I you also agreed question. with me. You also no, agreed with me. I'm Changes asking in the frequencies what's... of the alleles can cause different traits to arise and other traits to disappear. 
Not you don't need to sorry, completely change. You don't minute, need to just straight up two. add, be like, boom, all of a sudden a new gene appears. That that's that's not it, it's it's changes to the existing geno genomic structure that allows for different traits to be expressed at different rate. That's what change in the frequency of allele means. That's how evolution works. You've already admitted it, so let's move on. No, you're you're completely misunderstanding. I'll say it again and you can say that, I can. but I, it, right. you're just projecting. I mean, unless you've got more, uh, Leo Furious, that was only about, I think, like 25 seconds. Uh, okay, yeah, give him, give him a minute. Or two. Uh, there was another thing that, that Nephi mentioned that doesn't make sense in the, literally, I mean, anybody in the chat right now, James could do it himself, or he's, he's probably too focused on getting the Super Chats to do it, but um, something about uh, genetic entropy, which, which isn't a thing, because entropy res relates to thermodynamics, not, not to genetics. So that that term doesn't exist. There, there, there's there, there's no such thing as genetic entropy at all. Gotcha. So we'll kick it over to Neff now for maybe a minute. Okay. So you still have a flawed misunderstanding of evolution because you're so dogmatic. You have to have changes to the genes that can then be spread by changing allele frequencies. Just Were you going to address what I just, said or go back to the point I, I, you've I, already conceded I, multiple I, times? I, I, <clears throat> so spreading the genes themselves, if they don't change, by, and, and they're not transformed into new information that structurally uh, changes the organism over time, is not a mechanism for evolution. It's a mechanism for the loss of the information because genes get turned off permanently. Okay, so. For evolution to be true, you must have genetic mutations modify genetic genes so that they can be then spread with changes. Those changes have to be changes that change the structural design of the organism, or the dog remains a dog, the marsupial remains a marsupial, the fish remains a fish, the bird remains a bird, and nothing new ever arises. There is no So the law of monophyly, okay? which is a part so, of evolution. So we, um, we need this genetic evidence that that random genetic mutations modifying genes build information that changes the structural design incrementally in organisms. What is that evidence? That's why I'm going to ask you this the third time I've asked you that question. So uh, as for genetic entropy, it's been well established by the science journals, even the secular ones, that that genetic mutations overwhelmingly destroy genetic information and cause a buildup of a hundred mutations per person per generation have a new mutations in their genome. You have a hundred your kids don't have and uh, your your kids will have a hundred you don't have. Your grandkids will have a hundred you don't, they, your, your kids don't have and so on and so forth. One hundred every time a person's born and has children, a new one hundred mutations. Ninety years of experimentation have demonstrated that mutations are destroyers of information. They're responsible for virtually every single disease and deformity. They, we have no physical evidence of mutations designing anything. Where's that two evidence? minutes. We'll kick over to Leo for two minutes. Uh, actually, most mutations don't do anything at all. Some are, are negative. Some are positive. Most don't do anything. I've already addressed this, and I, I tried to take it to another topic, but of course you can't ever do that. Um, so let, let me just address what you said by citing an actual source here on something. Quote, a survey of 21 different populations of sticklebacks, both freshwater and marine and this type of fish, from different regions of North America, Europe, and Japan has revealed a pattern of consistent genetic differences that distinguish the freshwater from the marine forms. However, only 17% of the distinguish, distinguishing mutations were found in exons that alter the 
amino acid sequence of the encoded proteins. All the rest were silent, and most, 41% or more of these occurred in intergenic regions. These results further demonstrate the importance of mutations in regulatory regions, promoters, and enhancers in the evolution of adaptive phenotypes. So you, you've already conceded your point. I'm trying to figure out what, why you and numerous other creationists keep bringing up this genetic entropy, which is, is, is not a real thing. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't exist. We'll kick it over to Neff. There's, who, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep no, no, no. If no. you got more. No, no. I was just, I was just going to say that I, genetic, genetic entropy just does not exist. It's not a real thing. And you've mentioned it a couple times already. Gotcha. Looks like Neff is kicking it into screen share. The floor is yours, Neff. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, well, you can't see this full thing. Um, can you go full screen for a second for me? Thank you. So, uh, most mutations are not visible to evolution, your idea of evolution. They're not vi visible to most organisms. Uh, exactly. So they can't. So they can't promote evolution. They can't. Uh, they, and we don't have evidence do. that they change structural design of living things. That's what you must have if evolution were true. Okay. So here are some sources. Uh, it's been known since uh, since uh, uh, Kaimura and Ota in the 1960s and 70s that that mutations in general uh, are, are deleterious. They, they cause weakness and deformity. And that's why uh, scientists like Kimura argued in order for mutations, not the buildup of mutations, the slight damage that they cause, which is entropy, to cause a species to go extinct, a species would have to produce four million examples of itself, and only two of them survive, the ones that were lucky. Everybody else has to die. And that's not what happens in the real world. So the, I, your, your argument against genetic entropy is false science. You're, you're in denial of modern science when you deny that genetic entropy is true. No, I'm not. It's been demonstrated since... No, it uh, hasn't. Ota. Well, then, if it's, if it's not true, then why did Kimura argue that in order to avoid extinction, a creature would have to produce four million varieties of itself and only two of them survive? I why has this been known since 1972? You, why? You don't think that we've discovered <laughs> new things from 1972? Uh, so, uh, nothing has changed. No, nothing has changed. Mutations are, are destructive, the vast no, majority. So where no, is the evidence? That is false. That is explicitly false. Where, where is the evidence that, that genetic mutation causes change to DNA in such a way that the information is changed so that it causes incremental change in the structural design of living things? If oh, evolution is true, this must be true. What is the scientific evidence? We'll take it over to Leo for about a minute. Did you not hear anything that I read about the sticklebacks? Obviously not. Uh, as for mutations being mainly um, deleterious, that, that's just it's straightforwardly not true. You yourself said that most mutations don't really do anything. They can't be seen in, in, within the evolutionary framework because most of them don't do anything. From New Scientist, quote, the list of examples could go on and on, but consider this. Most mutations can be reversed by subsequent mutations. A DNA base can be turned from from an A to a G and then back to an A again, for instance. In fact, reverse mutation or reversion is common. For any mutation that results in a loss of information, logically, the reverse mutation must result in its gain. So the claim that mutations destroy information but cannot create it not only defies the evidence, it also defies logic, end quote. Also, you keep going on about genetic entropy. So do you, do you know what the equation for entropy is? Is it my turn? 
Yes. I asked you a question. Okay. Okay. I, I don't need to know a mathematical model to know what the science data. I didn't is ask you for a model. Is published in the journal. Instead, I, I, I didn't ask you to the. Uh, I think now, it's, what we'll do is give Neff a minute, and then we'll come back. I promise. So. Um, uh, reverse mutation is uh, DNA repair, and if you revert a gene back to what it was before, you haven't gained any structure, any change to the information that causes evolutionary change. That's a fail. Okay. A reverse that's a, mutation that's a, must that's be a fail. Gain. Okay, that's a fail. Okay. Nope. Reverting to the same information by That's fixing a mutation does not create new genetic information, which evolution requires. That's a fail. Okay. So we're still looking for this genetic inf evidence that mutations cause change to DNA that changes the structural design of living things. 90 years of experimentation have produced no such thing, only evidence that mutations cause deformity, weakness, death, and stillbirth. What is the genetic evidence that mutations cause change to the structural design of living things incrementally? The paper you published about stickleback fish doesn't do that. It does not. I've read that. It doesn't provide yeah. evidence of st that structural design change occurred due to mutation. The creature's anatomy remained the same. Gotcha. So, Let's switch it over pretty what, soon here. What, where is the evidence? Leo? All right. For no, I've, already, <laughs> I've already provided it. You're, 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 what you're doing is just moving the goalpost. You ask for evidence, I give it. You repeat the same thing and then ask for evidence. And the, by the way, the reason that I asked you for the equation of entropy, by the way, it's S equals the Boltzmann constant times the, log, the, natural, log, the natural logarithm of, of omega, which is the number of microscopic configurations, is because you would have to find a way to, to make that equation relevant to genetics, which you can't do, and nobody's ever done. Do you know what entropy is? We must, what we'll do is, I got to give you guys a five-minute warning before we go into the... Uh... Q&A. So we, maybe right what we'll on. do is just give uh, two minutes to Neff and then two minutes back to Leophilius and then we'll go into the Q&A. Okay. Sounds good. Well, what I said when I started this debate is the evolutionists are denialists. They're in denial of modern scientific discovery. 90 years of mutation experimentation have demonstrated that mutations are destroyers of genetic information. They don't produce new information. You have to have the new information that changes the structural design of a creature so you don't have the same creature endlessly. You can get a fundamentally different kind through changes to allele frequency. How frequently those mutated genes that code for structural design change or spread in a population. Without the mutations doing this, there can be no such thing as evolution. Nobody can answer that question. Leo hasn't. He won't. He can't. Nobody has scientific evidence that mutations design structural design change in incre incrementally or change anatomy in the slightest bit in living things. We don't have that evidence. We have 90 years of evidence against it. Changes to allele frequency cause a loss of genetic information, just as I pointed out. Leo laughed at that idea, and then because he misunderstood that changing how frequently genes are spread doesn't isn't sufficient for evolution. You have to change the genes themselves and then spread them for evolution to be true. But there isn't any mechanism for that in biology. There gotcha. just isn't. Looks, I, I, I think you're done. Okay, so we'll switch it over to Leo. The floor is all yours. So uh, as it re relates to uh, changes in the frequencies of alleles, nephilim-free has already explained what that is. 
and then tries to redefine it after explaining what it is. His own sources that he provided disagreed with them, and I quoted one. So as it relates to mutation from New Scientist, again, quote, the list of examples could go on and on, but consider this. Most mutations can be reversed by subsequent mutations. A DNA base can be turned from an A to a G and then back to an A again, for instance. In fact, reverse mutation or reversion is common. For any mutation that results in a loss of information, logically, the reverse mutation must result in its gain. Not getting the same, but the gain. So the claim that mutations destroy information but cannot create it not only defies the evidence it also defies logic end quote that's from new scientist from appsnet.org quote mutations play an important role in evolution the ultimate source of all genetic variation is mutation mutation is important as the first step of evolution because it creates a new dna sequence for a particular gene creating a new allele recombination also can create a new dna sequence a new allele for a specific gene through intergenic recombination mutation acting as an evolutionary force by itself has the potential to cause significant changes in allele frequencies over very long periods of time and quote and finally from nature.com one of the world's most reputed publications quote mutations are essential to evolution every genetic feature in every organism was initially the result of a mutation the new genetic variant or allele spreads via reproduction and differential reproduction is a defining aspect of evolution it is easy to understand how a mutation that allows an organism to feed grow or reproduce more effectively could cause the mutant allele to become more abundant over time soon the population may be quite ecologically and or physically logically different from the original population that lacked the adaptation that this is just how evolution works even deleterious mutations can cause evolutionary change especially in small populations by removing individuals that might be carrying adaptive alleles at other genes end quote so yeah we know that what mutations do we know that they play a role in the changes in frequencies of alleles and we know that this is what drives evolution my opponent has consistently claimed that i haven't provided evidence for this but i have and he has not we will jump into the Q&A. Thanks so much for your questions, folks. Always appreciate it. Want to remind you, if it's your first time here, consider hitting that subscribe button as we have many more debates to come. You'll see at the bottom right of your screen, we are very excited as RN Raw and T-Jump will be teaming up yet again. That'll be coming next Friday, and that'll be against Ask Cliff and Stuart, his real-life son. That will be on whether or not Christianity is true. So that should be a juicy one. And with that, we'll jump into these questions. So thanks so much for your first question. This one's from Cider and Port, a call-out, you could say. It says, hi, James, it's religion is BS after a rebrand. So a new name says, if it's something you'd be down for, myself and Leo would like to debate Jill and Smokey on a Trump topic. If all parties agree, I'd love to take part if you'll have us. Well, that would be a fun one. I'm totally open to it. I mean, Smokey triggers a lot of people, but we might still do it. <laughs> Josiah Hansen, thanks for your question, said. Uh, but yeah, Cider and Port, for real, shoot me an email. We'll try to do that. That sounds fun. Josiah Hansen, thanks for your question as well, said, YEC, the other flat earth. <laughs> Next. Neff, if you want to respond, you can. Uh, uh, it's not pertinent to the debate. I don't think so. Nephilim Free is not amused. Okay. Net7, thanks for your super chat. Said, love this show. Appreciate that, friend. Thanks so much for that encouragement. Speed of sound of gravity. Glad to have you. Says, after show, Leophilius bags a Nephilim on speed of sound of gravity's channel. So, thanks so much, Speed. Let me know if you want to link that. What I can do is mod you up, and then you can, uh, or if you just... Yeah, so you can then link it in the chat, and we can pin it for people to click on that after show. So thanks so much. Scott Duke for your super chat said, James, 
I'm glad to tune in tonight to see the legendary Leophilius drop some real science on us. Uh-oh, Neff. Gotcha. Okay. Next, thanks for your super chat. You guessed it. Stupid whore energy is in the building. She says, transcription factors can control any Devo program as long as their targets have the right cis-regulatory sequences. So you can use the same toolbox in very different development programs, such as I-types. I think that's for you, Neff. Uh, the uh, genetic pathways for the development of the anatomical features and various living things don't comport with the evolution theory. What scientists have discovered is that different uh, a feature in a living thing uh, is produced by, uh, for example, a particular machinima tissue and in one organism and then in a different organism it's allegedly closely related to a completely different machine tissue uh, that's not that's a different genetic path developmental pathway evolution couldn't possibly play hopscotch jumping from one uh, machining tissue to another in and different genetic pathways to produce the same feature in creatures that are allegedly closely related so I'm, I'm sorry but modern studies in genetic pathways have killed the idea of common ancestry gotcha and thanks so much for your question this one comes from this is actually a statement sol appreciate it says james i took my mom's credit card like you told me to here you go <laughs> that's good i like that that's one of the funnier super chats <laughs> oh, that's in a while. funny <laughs> speed of sound of gravity thanks for your super chat said after show leophilius bags a nephilim free you two two of these appreciate that said bags a nephilim free on Speed of Sound of Gravity's channel, shameless, I'm channeling John Mad Ox. Well, thanks so much. Does does uh, Mad Ox say that? Shameless? I don't know. Speed, uh, stupid Horror Energy, thanks for your super chat, said, The pelvis of Rod Hositis was large like land mammals, and it's connected to the sacral vertebrae. The ilium of the pelvis was short which means it used their hind limbs for swimming it's transitional Neff. uh that, that's an assumption uh when it comes to uh alleged ancestors of men uh the pelvises of creatures allegedly related to us uh change in heights but they, the iliac blades of them curve, uh, flare outward to the side, very different from man's. So we don't, we don't see in, in the bones of living things transition from various creatures, whether they're human or non-human. Uh, it's imagined because we have one creature with a certain type of anatomy and another creature with a different anatomy. Uh, you have to see the transition from one anatomy to another. We don't see that. We see jumps, and that's not evolutionary evidence. Can I provide just a really quick response to that? That would be a viola essentially a violation of the law of monophyly that is one of the basis for evolutionary theory. It's simply not present word. in the fossils. I'm sorry. The, the transition is not there. You have to make the leap and say, oh, this creature with a different structural design is a result of that one over there. But we don't have the increments in between that show it happen. Yes, Let's we do. move forward. This one comes from experiments in prebiotic chemistry appreciate it says i don't think i have ever seen a more complete takedown of creationism 
Good job, Leophilius. Uh, well, Aaron Rod does significantly better than I could ever hope to do, so watch some of his debates. All right, that's right. Neff, have you ever crossed swords with Aaron before? Uh, we've, we've been in uh, live streams a couple of times together for, uh, you know, 20 minutes, 30, 40 minutes at a time. Uh, all he does is yell at you and talk over you. In the <laughs> all right, he he's not here to defend himself. We're not going to go down that way. All right, next, Spart 344, thanks for your question, said, For Neff, have you actually taken the time to verify that those people are actually denying evolution, namely the scientists you mentioned? If so, how? Well, because of their honest statements, for example, about uh, the observed effects of genetic mutations, which, uh, which are uh, a million or so, and the clear statements by evolutionist scientists themselves about the absence of clear transition in the fossil record, and there are numerous examples of that. I only provided a couple. I could provide dozens. Uh, is uh, is that is the evidence? It's not whether or not they afterwards still believe evolution is true, or that it happens. They're just being honest with the evidence that when they say uh, clear evidence of transition from one type of living thing to another is not present in the fossils. That's just an honest statement, and that's just the evidence that we have. You got it. And thanks for your question. This one comes in from Raptor Hovind. It says, James is more complicated, complicated than the space shuttle. Thanks so much. Uh, you know what? It feels good every time I hear that. And Sphincter of Doom, thank you for your super chat. Nasty guy says, quote, genes being turned off is permanently lost, unquote. Neff seems to have never heard of atavism. Uh, atavisms uh, don't produce uh, structural designs that become fixed. The most famous atavism is what evolutionists used to claim in their in, in their ignorance was evidence of a, a, a tail in human beings, which is nothing more than a flap of skin covered by fat. It doesn't have anything to do with the spinal cord at all. Surgeons remove them regularly with no effect to the organ to the human being. So evolutionists claimed that this was this atavism was an evidence of of, uh, a transition that human beings were once had ape ancestors, but it's not related to the spinal column at all. It doesn't have part. It's not. It doesn't have any part in the coccyx. So um, that's your atavisms for you. Next up, sphincter of doom. <laughs> oh boy, says Neff. How can you explain the dozens of ERVs that humans share with chimps at the exact same locus in both, if not shared ancestry? Oh, that's an excellent question. Firstly, they're not in exactly the same location. They're in similar locations. And part of the reason for that is the, human, the chimpanzee genome is 10% larger than humans. That kills evolution by itself. I don't have time to explain why. But um, uh, so uh, um, the idea is just a, it's a, it's just a bogus evolutionist assumption. So uh, what we have to have is changes to genetic information that codes for structural design change for evolution to be true. There simply isn't any of that. ERVs have been discovered. The more we study them, the more we discover that ERVs are transposable elements that play critical roles in human development. They help develop the lungs, the heart, the liver, the pancreas, and the bladder and other organs. It's irrational to believe that the information in the genome of a virus has the information to regulate gene expression to produce a human organ. So the evidence shows they're not the DNA of a virus. They're simply very similar strings of information found in one kind of living thing and another that are gene regulators. 
Gotcha. And next up, thanks for your super chat from Martin C. Says, for Nephila Beta, says, under, <laughs> sorry, uh, says, uh, under creationism, how did I gain Neanderthal genes that sub-Saharan Africans do not have? Very good question. Um, well, uh, simply, uh, it's uh, simple that human beings uh, produce populations and changes to allele frequencies in those populations cause uh, genes to become expressed in such a way that organisms come to look more like themselves over time and genes become turned off. Every human being doesn't have to have the same set of genes as another because genes can be turned off and genes can be lost. So I, I don't know about this particular argument that these genes are not present in one or another. Uh, I've never heard of this, but uh, and I strongly doubt that it's the case. It might be that the genes are not expressed, but not present. I, I doubt that severely. Uh, the, the entirety of the Neanderthal genome is not uh, has not been completely sequenced as far as I know. And by the way, uh, Neanderthal is completely human. Anyway, even evolutionist scientists themselves admit that Neanderthal is human. Next so, up. No, they don't. I can yes, let you finish do. if you no, have anything don't. else. We'll, we'll go to the next one. From Stupid or Energy says, Neff, when they looked at the peppered moth genome and found the allele that causes dark bodies, they found significant diversity dip. Well, that's excellent. So no matter how many times you change the color, size, shapes, or even patterns of living things, you'll never get a fundamentally new type of living thing. Changing color an endless number of times doesn't transition a creature from becoming towards becoming a fundamentally different type of organism, which is what evolution posits. It, you could change the color of an organism 10 trillion times. It won't move it towards becoming a different type of organism. So that's, that's a violation of the law of monophyly. That's not, that's not evidence of the evolution. Color doesn't affect structural design of the anatomy. Therefore, it doesn't support evolution. Next, thanks for your question. This one comes from our dearest friend, the Quiet Gorilla. Thanks so much for your support. Said just a little unconditional love for the channel. We really appreciate the support. And Sphincter of Doom strikes again, rivaling stupid horror energy tonight. Says adding or deleting genes in a population changes the frequency of those alleles and thus alleles overall in the population. Neth. Yes, exactly. That doesn't create the new information that creates a fundamentally different type of organism. I've been over this a number of times already in this debate, and this was one of Leo's great errors. It seemed he had difficulty understanding. Changing how frequently the exact the information that's already present in a creature is present in that population doesn't move it towards becoming a fundamentally different type of organism. Changing how frequently the pages from the Bible are present in your stack of pages in the Bible doesn't change the information in the Bible. It just changes how much of it you have. It's not a exactly. mechanism for a transition of a book into something other than a book. So mutations that modify the information that change the structural design of organisms is what is required for evolution. Evolutionists are play the game of pretending that's not true because they want to deny their theory because 90 years of study prove there is no such mechanism. Next, Number one, what you question. said. I hate to do this, uh, but we have a, a lot, lot of questions. Of violation of the law of so Secondly, next one is restructuring from, information can you, change how I have to because we have so many. We have so many questions. 
Gentlemen, we're going to the next question. I hate to do this to you, but we just have so many. Sphincter of Doom strikes again, saying, Neff is confusing changing the frequency of alleles in all existence and changing the frequency of alleles in a certain, in all caps, population. Exactly. They're changing the frequency. I'll say it again. This is evolutionists pretending that the theory of evolution is not what it is because they can't support it. No, it's changing how frequently... Changing how frequently existing information is present in a population doesn't cause structural design change. If evolution were true, you would have to have random mutations changing the information so that you had changed genes that promote structural design change, which then is spread amongst the population. That's what we don't have evidence for. Yes, Next up, this one. I hate to do this, Neff. But yeah. if there's, unless there's something you absolutely have to say, we've got no, to keep them going. Go busy. Next, keep going. Matthew Steele, thanks for your question, said, Neff, why do your arguments against the fact of evolution require so many straw man fallacies? Uh, well, I would turn that around and ask, why do you put forth a straw man fallacy question against science? Sassy. Ian Chen, thanks for your question, said, Stan Amelia Clark. I don't know what that means. Stan Amelia Clark. Who's that? She she portrayed Daenerys Targaryen on the television adaptation of the A Song of Ice and Fire series, otherwise known as Game of Thrones. Oh, gotcha. And thanks so much. Speed of Sound of Gravity says, what about APO-A1 Milano? A mutation changed the gene and resulted in every function of the gene working better, even the antioxidant function. Well, uh, it may happen that for a particular species, something like that can happen. High altitude adaptation by genetic mutation has been observed in human beings. They think the red blood cells can uh, uh, hold more oxygen. But the problem for that is that still doesn't support evolution. It doesn't cause structural design change in an organism. It just changes uh, biochemistry in some way. For evolution to be true, the structural design change of an organism must change so that it morphs from one type of organism towards becoming a fundamentally different kind. If that's not true, evolution isn't true. There's no scientific evidence that supports it. In all evolution doesn't violate the law experimentation for 90 years has refuted the idea. We just don't have a mechanism. Stop saying that it does. Leo, don't interrupt. This is my time to answer a question. I know you're desperate. Okay. Next, Raptor Hoven to sassy Neff. Raptor Hoven says, Neffy, you go, girl. Next, Woody says, uh, sends a heart. Thanks so much, Woody. And we always appreciate you. Know, I got to give, you know, we got to give credit where it's due. Neff has gotten a lot, a lot of criticism, a lot of guff, you could say. Uh, he's always been, you could say, uh, you know, He's never given up. He's, he's we appreciate you coming back on. Enough. Don't worry, Leo. We might have some some uh, some stinging super chats for you as well. But so far, Neff is getting most of them. But Jamie Russell, thanks for your question. Said I recommend the evolutionist debater. Oh, here's one. You said at least look at Sanford's paper or lectures before denying his findings. He is clear on how he uses entropy. How does he know that I haven't done that? That's my. That would be my question to him. Secondly, I have. He redefines entropy <laughs> to something that's not entropy. Entropy exists strictly within the thermodynamic realm. It doesn't relate to genetics. The only people who would try to argue otherwise are ignorant of either genetics 
or thermodynamics or both. And I would argue that it's probably both, but more so thermodynamics because creationists aren't very well versed in the realm of physics. Entropy is simply decay. That's all. Nope, that is not entropy. Let's fail. Next, Sphincter of Doom, thanks for your question. Says, what does looking more like themselves, quote unquote, even mean? I think that's for you, Neff. Uh, ask the question again. They said, Please. what does, quote, looking more like themselves, unquote, even mean? Well, uh, that's what happens to populations and families, too. Uh, everybody observes that. Families have traits that uh, you can see similarity in the grandkids. They look like their grandparents. You know, I mean, ask uh, the question seems kind of ridiculous to me. I don't understand why somebody would struggle to understand this basic concept that probably everybody by the time they're 15 years old understands. Are you meaning like people... There, I'm just trying to clarify well, just because okay. I so, – like are this. you saying that if, like if, people's if, traits regress toward the mean? That, it, it, sort of. Um, if, if the information uh, is spread through a population, the, the existing information in a genome, a creature will continuously look more like itself. Its features will be refined so they are uh, – the, the population is, is homogeneous. Homogeneous. Okay, so that's and then the losing of alleles is is a mechanism that follows that that goes along with it. That's turning off genes, loss of genetic information. See, that's what changes to allele frequency is, but that's by itself is not a mechanism for evolution. Gotcha. Thank you for your question. From Sphincter of Doom says. Oh, we, we got, oh, I've got another one. It says, Neff dismissed an example of a transitional form by being a different size, but now says size changing size doesn't change your species. Uh, changing colors, size, shapes, even and patterns is insufficient to explain evolution as it's claimed by evolutionists. Evolutionists claim one type of organism uh, arises from a fundamentally different type of organism, thus fish evolved into land-dwelling creatures with legs and lungs. See, that's a fundamentally different type of organism. And this, there are millions of, uh, uh, thousands upon thousands of examples that evolution claims as structural design change. That's what evolution has. If the structural design, the anatomy of organisms never changes, there is no evolution. You only have that same species, you see. So evolution requires that the structural design of the body plan of an organism changes over time. We don't know of a mechanism for it. There's no examples in the fossil record. And if evolution were true, there would be millions of species walking the earth today that show that in their body plans, and there are none. Evolution is therefore false by these facts alone. Next, this one comes. We don't have any for poor Leophilius. He's he's waiting for questions, and we haven't got any for him. Folks, if you have any questions for Leo, let me know. We can definitely we'd be happy to read them. And so, yeah, thanks so much. And we will kick it over to the next question. So this one comes in from Dearest Friend, you guessed it, Sphincter of Doom, says, taking words out of, out of ad words, maybe they're saying taking words out of and adding words into the Bible makes a different story within the Bible. I think they're using this as an analogy to argue that your uh, if you take out information or add information into the genome, that it changes like the creature you have. 
Well, so that that's uh, you're welcome to believe that, but um, in, in when it comes to genetics, what we don't observe such a mechanism. We don't observe. We observe that genes get spread, existing genes. What this person is arguing is that the genes will be recombined in such a way that they produce fundamentally different types of organisms over time. We don't have a mechanism for that in genetics. Nobody knows of such a thing. Genes code for what the feature or function that they do. That has to change if evolution is true. So you what if you change the genes being coded? Or expressed well. That's what you can't I've get you different for, features. That's what I asked you for evidence for 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 throughout the debate, well, and you couldn't address it. <laughs> next, we must move to the next one. Well, I want to let you know, folks, that there on the top left of your screen, that is not nephilim free. That's a picture of him, but it is not nephilim free. So, little Hove, Kent Hoven joke. Uh, next, fact-based living. Uh oh, very sassy. They're coming at you, Leophilia, saying seriously, stop putting the ignorant on the pro-evolution side do you know this fact to be living is this a rival of yours uh, no i i don't know who it is in order to be ignorant you have to not know what you're talking about and it's obvious that i do considering that i've cited professional journals that are saying the same thing i am you got Except it you and neff i have to give him the last word neff no. no, I didn't. Next, so Sphincter of Doom says, I would be open to debating a number of topics from evolution to nuclear power to abortion, among others. Well, thanks so much for letting us know. I'm at Modern Day Debate at Gmail, so it's uh, harder for me to right now, like the semester is at warp speed. So it's hard for me, but I can see if I can find you somebody. And Animated Effigy, thanks for your question, said, Neff, your understanding of science is completely subservient to your presuppositions, which is why you get the wrong conclusions with, in all caps, BAD SCIENCE. Well, if my science, what I call, what you're calling science is, 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 is my science, then my science demonstrates that 90 years of experimentation have not provided a mechanism that mutations structurally design organisms or change their structural design incrementally, that changes them to allele frequency by themselves don't create new information but cause a loss of it. And if evolution is true because, uh, by, because of those things are false, then you've got serious issues. Next. Thanks for your question. This one comes in from, you guessed it, Stupid Whore Energy strikes back saying, Leo, please talk about the null hypothesis and selective sweeps. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to get that far. I actually, I've heard of selective, selective sweeps, but I don't have enough confidence in my understanding of it to really define what it is. In terms of a null hypothesis, that's essentially what we start with. We don't really have anything, which is why most physicists and biologists are naturalists because we don't have a precedent for non-natural causation, which is also a problem for the creationist model. The null hypothesis is that everything can be explained naturally until otherwise proven to be until proven otherwise, which has not ever happened. Well, of course, the null, the null hypothesis is hard to explain without diving <clears throat> into a bunch of math that I don't really feel like diving into. Genetic information, linguistics, and algorithms disproves it. They require intelligence. Clyde. All of those things are. Clyde's are um, conceptions of human mind. Nature Clyde cannot be the explanation of living things, therefore. Hush you. <laughs> Clyde, I'm just teasing. Uh, no, Clyde, you don't have to do another super chat. I saw your first super chat, but I, I mentioned that I it looks like you retracted the question. So if you just put it in as a normal chat, I'll keep an eye on the live chat right now if you can resend it. Just 
tag me with at modern day debate. It makes it easier for me to see it. And we can read it as if it were a super chat. Cause I did see you gave a super chat, but without a question in it. So thanks for your super chat from Spart three, four, four. Let's see. No, no, no. First Maynard saves had one in first who said for Leophilius, please explain a mechanism that could change a megalodon from a herbivore to a carnivore, i.e. before and after the fall of man. <laughs> All I'm going to say is oh, I love you, Maynard. You crack me up. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That's funny. Next. I, I know Maynard saves and he he's pretty much trolling. So that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> That would require a tremendous number of protein changes, and protein evolution is impossible. Uh, let's see. Next up, thanks for your question. This one comes in from Spart344 says, Spart344, yeah, says, modern day debate for Leo, please explain entropy and monophylogeny. So entropy is essentially the measure of what is it what how how is it done technically that like the, the measure of energy per unit temperature that is unavailable for work i believe is what that is it essentially tells us that as time goes forward the amount of energy that you can convert into work decreases the law of monophyly essentially states that nothing is ever going to create something that it already isn't so eukaryotes will eukaryotes will only produce eukaryotes apes will only produce apes fish will only produce fish birds will only produce birds which is why when nephilim says well we, we've never seen it's essentially the argument that kent hovind draws well, well i mean we've never seen a fish turn into a mosquito that's because that's a violation of the law of monophyly which is fundamental to evolutionary theory Gotcha. And so, Clyde, same, same. <laughs> I can give you like a 10 second. Well, first, let me say this. And then if you guys want to talk a bit, just because I'm waiting on Clyde still. Clyde, you got to I need you to put your question in the live chat, bro, because your super chat had it, had it retracted. Like, I think you deleted it or something. So you got to reenter the the question in the chat. Just tag me with at modern day debate. Then I can read it if you like. Presumably you wanted it to be read. Uh, I just saw all your, your stuff in the live chat. So um, go ahead, uh, Neff. We'll give you guys like a chance to talk this out um, for a, a couple of minutes. Well, he's talking about entropy in physics, but the term entropy simply means moving towards disorder or a loss no, in physics. that's loss not of, what it means. Excuse me. Or a loss of energy, usable energy nope. in physics. <clears throat> but it's uh, only if you look up the definition of entropy, you'll find it's not, it doesn't, the idea doesn't relate only to physics. That's a numbskull idea. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, entropy is only a physical thing. I just typed in entropy. Uh, a thermodynamic quantity representing the, uh, the unavailability of a system's thermal energy for conversion into mechanical work, often interpreted as a degree of disorder or randomness in the system. So, yeah, it, that's exactly what I said from, let's go to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Entropy is the measure of the system thermal energy per unit temperature that is unavailable for doing useful work. So yeah, entropy is a thermodynamic property. Thermodynamics is physics. You can't have entropy and it not be physics. That well, just that's, doesn't... <clears throat> that's, that's absurd because... The no, Webster's, it's not. Well, well, the Webster's Dictionary disagrees with you. Everybody The does. Webster's Dictionary so, isn't so the a Webster's Dictionary. Be quiet. Be, be what does quiet. it matter? 
be quiet. The Webster's Dictionary also defines it as a process of degeneration or running down or trending towards disorder. And it gives an example of copying and editing and proofreading. And it also speaks of communication Next theory, up. a measure of efficiency of a system or a coded language being transmitted. You, I'm going to so, give, hold on yeah, one sec. Uh, we'll give you the last that word entropy on that, Leo appeals only to, only to Next, physics. We're going to, I got to give, hold on one second. Okay. They can't, you're on mute. So sometimes when you try to talk over me, they're not hearing you and they're laughing at you. So basically uh, what we'll do is I'll give you the last word on that one, Leo, because the super chat was originally for you. And then I've got to read, uh, so just like in 30 seconds, and then I've got to read this question from Clyde. And then, uh, go ahead. so go ahead, Leo. Um, uh, so th he, I just went to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. It says broadly the degree of disorder and certainly in a system, which means that he's, he's equivocating by using two different definitions of the word in one particular context. That's textbook commission of the fallacy of, of equivocation on his part. Next, I must go to the next one. Uh, Clyde Sasites, thanks for your questions. And for Leophilius, please show a paper where accumulated mutations were ever actually observed and documented to have resulted in significant anatomical body change. I couldn't give you a paper. I'd have to search for it, but we know that happens. Ooh, Obviously, the person asking the question hasn't ever actually tried to search for it because if they would, they had, they'd have found it because we know that happens. We've observed it. I've got to give him enough. I got to give him the last word on that one. The super chat was directed at him. Um, so what we will do is want to say, folks, if you've enjoyed listening to our speakers, please consider hitting those links in the description box so you can hear more from them as we really appreciate those guys coming on. We appreciate your guys' spirit and uh, thank you guys so much. This is a great debate. Seriously, I really do. I, I by far love it more when it's like passionate and lively like this and, and where it's like you're, you know, uh, trying to trying to make your case as much as possible. So thank you guys. This has honestly been superb. And uh, also want to let you know, folks, if you've enjoyed this debate, if you thought, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's an okay use of my time, like, you know, hit that like button. The word on the streets is that helps. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. Does it really? I always kind of wonder, is it just like it's like uh, the postal service and zip codes as as uh, Newman says in Seinfeld? They're meaningless. I don't know if the like button makes a difference or not, but with that. Thank you guys so much, though. Seriously, Neff and Leophilius, it's honestly been a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate I, it. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Absolutely. With that, keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable, folks. We are excited to hope the next one we'll have is, you'll see at the bottom right of your screen, this Monday, Vosh returns. I think it's been since, like, June since we've had Vosh on. It'll be against Oliver. You guys probably remember him in the... Uh, pandemic debate several weeks ago with T-Jump, they will be debating whether or not climate change is a real threat. So that should be a juicy one this coming Monday. The internet, it might not be able to take it. It, it might just implode. So thanks so much, folks. We hope you keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. Take care and have a great rest of your Saturday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.